Well, today our message series is continuing praying with Jesus. And in this series, we're studying the Lord's Prayer. Each message looks at a different uh, petition, a different line in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, last week, we talked about the petition, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so the whole message was about forgiveness. Uh, that's forgiveness for our sins is an essential part of every believer's life. But contrary to public opinion, when we sin and are forgiven, it does not erase the consequences of our sin. You still reap what you sow in this life. And so Satan tempts us to sin because he wants to destroy our lives. He wants to destroy our relationships. He wants to cause us to fall into temptation. The first verse we want to look at this morning is 1 Peter 5.8. And I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline written out with the verses. On the back side is a study guide that we're going to be going over in some of the life groups. This evening on Sunday night, we'll be going over the uh, study guide in our life group at 6 p.m. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, did you know you have an enemy? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's ruthless. Uh, he wants to devour people. He wants to hurt people. And Satan gets his teeth into you when you yield to temptation and you sin, when you fall into temptation. So it's much, much better not to sin in the first place. Second best is to be forgiven, and that's wonderful. But how much better to not sin in the first place and not give him a place in our lives. And so today the message is entitled, Deliver Us From Evil. We're going to be talking about how to be protected from evil, how to not fall into temptation. You see, the Lord's Prayer, there's an order to the Lord's Prayer. We often don't think about it. We can just recite it by heart. Like I said last Sunday, we, we talked about the petition asking God to forgive us when we sin. Now, what's the very next thing that we should think about? What's the very next thing we should pray about? Well, it should be devoted to asking for God's help to help us resist that same temptation in the future so that we don't fall back into sin. That's what repentance is all about. We ask for forgiveness and then we ask for God's help so that we don't do that same sin again. Those who habitually fall into sin, ask for forgiveness, do it again, ask for forgiveness, really haven't repented. The process has not yet been complete in their lives. And so the next part of the Lord's Prayer, following the request for forgiveness that we talked about last Sunday, is found in Matthew 6, 13, and it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, from the evil one, depending on the translation. Lead us not into temptation, to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this petition has two parts as well, just as last Sunday did. First of all, we're asking God to keep us from yielding to temptation. We're saying, God, when I'm tempted, help me not to fall into that temptation. Help me not to yield into that, uh, yield that, yield to that temptation. Now everybody is tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus Christ himself was tempted by the devil. But he did not 
yield to the temptation. He did not fall into sin. And so this request is not asking God to never allow us to be tempted. That's not what it's saying. We're all going to be tempted. It's saying that God should, would protect us from giving in to the temptation. Now the second part of the petition is, is the opposite of giving in to temptation. It's a request to be delivered from the evil one or Satan. When we resist temptation, we are delivered from his power. We're delivered for, from, his, uh, from his oppression. Giving in to temptation is being taken captive by the enemy. It's, it's, uh, it's part of being devoured by the devil. And we've all probably heard about or read about people who have given in to one temptation after another and eventually their whole lives are destroyed. Now God has a wonderful promise for us concerning temptation in 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Now that's important to know. A lot of people think my temptation is so strong, nobody else has ever experienced this temptation. No, other people are being tempted in exactly the same way that you are. The verse goes on to say, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now that's a wonderful promise. God promises us that there is a way out. There is an escape hatch. Whenever we're tempted, he has provided a way for us to not yield to that temptation. And so in the Lord's Prayer, we're, we are instructed to ask God to help us find that escape hatch, to find that escape route. So when we're tempted, which will happen, we can say, this is my way of escape. This is my way of saying, no, I'm not going to yield to that. And when we do that, we're delivered from the evil one. Now, to introduce the topic a little more, I'd like us to watch a uh, video, a short video about breaking free from the power of sin. It's called real life. So God wants to forgive us of every sin that we've ever committed. He wants to set us free to serve him. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about a, a teaching of Jesus on how to be delivered from evil. We're going to be looking at a prayer that Jesus prayed. He prayed it for his disciples back 2,000 years ago, and he prayed it for his disciples of every age, including you and me. And so the first key to being delivered from evil, the first key to be being delivered from sin, is to build our relationship with God. Jesus' prayer begins in John 17, verse 6. He says, I've revealed you, and he's praying to his Father. Jesus is you here as his Father. I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. And so in this prayer, Jesus is talking to his heavenly Father about his disciples. As I said, that includes you and me. If you're a believer today, then you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this earth to reveal God the Father who's in heaven to us, to show us what God was like or is like. He came that we might have a relationship with God. And the only way to have that relationship with God is to have our sins forgiven. Because God is holy and we are not. I am not. Now the closer our relationship with God, the greater our protection from sin, the greater our protection from the evil one. 
Conversely, the more distant your relationship with God is, the more susceptible you are to falling into sin. The more susceptible you are to being attacked by the enemy. So how can we build our relationship with God stronger? Well, we must obey his word. Verse 6, Jesus goes on to say, They were yours. Speaking of his disciples. You gave them to me. And what have they done? They have obeyed your word. So this is the very first thing that Jesus mentions that disciples or followers of Jesus do. They obey his word. The disciples that Jesus was talking to at the time, they obeyed the word written down in the Old Testament. That was the only word they had. But the words that Jesus spoke to them, they put them into practice. They took them to heart and they obeyed them. God's word is not just a, a book to be read and understood with our minds. God's word is a word to be put into practice. In order to build our relationship with God, we need to daily read God's word and obey it. Say, God, what are you saying to me today? How can I follow that direction? Those who fall into sin, and I'm sure we've all heard of high-profile, even pastors who have fallen into sin. And when people study their lives, even these pastors were not daily reading God's word. Their time with God had fallen off before they fell into sin. Those who fall into sin are invariably not spending quality time with God on a daily basis, reading his word and praying. And so, one of the first things to build our relationship with God and so be protected from the evil one from falling into temptation is to give God's word a priority in your life. And I realize that is a challenge in today's world. But it's a simple thing. It's one of the basics of the Christian life. Reading God's word every day and talking to your heavenly father. Building that relationship with God. And so living in God's protection. The second way to build your relationship with God is to live to glorify Jesus. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. Jesus goes on to say, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And glory has come to me through them. Now here we see that Jesus is praying for the disciples and the disciples are not of the world. What is the world? Well, the world is composed of those who are not believers, those who are unbelievers. That's how the Bible speaks of the world. People who are not living by godly principles. They are living as slaves to sin. Now, believers, on the other hand, disciples of Jesus, are living for a different purpose. They are living to glorify Jesus, it says here. Not to please themselves, but to glorify him. Now, that's really not language we use a lot today, is it? Uh, but what does it mean? What does it mean to glorify Jesus? It's to live your whole life to please Him. To glorify Jesus is to live your life according to the plan and purpose that He has for you, not what you want to do. To glorify Jesus is to live to obey Him in every aspect of your life. And when you do that, that glorifies Him, that lifts Him up, that brings Praise to his name. And when we live to glorify Jesus as our top priority in life, that builds our relationship with him because that's what we think about. 
Is this going to glorify Jesus? Is this what would please him? If it is, that's what I'm going to do. If it's not, that's what I'm not going to do. Now, obviously, if you're thinking about that all the time, when a temptation comes, you think, whoa, you know, that's not going to glorify Jesus. That's going to do something that is sin. That's going to do something that's wrong. And I don't want to do that. And so the first key to being protected from sin and delivered from evil is to build your relationship with God. Now, a healthy relationship with God is a growing relationship. If your relationship with God is not growing, then you're in danger. You know, a lot of people seem to think their relationship with God is kind of static. It just stays the same. But I don't really believe that's possible. I believe you're either growing closer to God or you're drifting further away. God expects you to grow. What does the Bible call us? We're children of God. You know, no matter how old we are, we're still children of God. He's our Heavenly Father. Now, suppose you have a 10-year-old child who looks and acts like a 5-year-old child. That's a problem. But something's wrong. That child has not progressed. That child has not grown the way they were supposed to. And the same is true when we've walked with God for a number of years and we haven't grown the way God expected us to grow. So let's assess ourselves for a minute. We're just beginning the new year, 2014. We're only on the second month. This is still February. Let's think back on the year 2013. How have you grown in the Lord in this last year? Are there any areas that you've grown in your relationship with God? Can you identify anything? And if you can't, if you're hard-pressed to find any growth, then I think God would have you make some changes in 2014. What are you going to do differently to accelerate your growth in God? Now, it starts with the basics. Are you reading your Bible every day? I think, why, Pastor Dan, do you talk about that a lot? Because I know it's hard. If we would do a survey right now to find out how many people read their Bible every day last week, it could be shocking. God wants us to read every day. He wants us to pray. He wants us to obey God's Word because if you do that, you're going to grow. If you don't, you're not going to. It's not going to happen. And if you're not growing... You're vulnerable to the evil one. You're vulnerable to his attacks, to falling into temptation. So we need to build our relationship with God. The second key is to rely on God's protection. Jesus goes on in verse 11 and says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Now Jesus prayed this prayer shortly before he ascended back into heaven. When he was in the world... He protected his disciples. But soon he was going to leave. He was going to die on the cross, be resurrected from the dead, and ascend back into heaven to be with his Father. And when he did that, his disciples would be left in the world and he wouldn't be here anymore with a physical presence. And so his disciples needed to rely, to learn to rely on God's protection. We need God's protection. Now most people... If we take a poll, I'm not saying the people here, but most people, if we take a poll of adults in America, don't believe that Satan is real. The majority don't believe he's real. It's just a a symbol of evil. It's not a real being. 
And if he's not a real being, it's, he's really not something or somebody to be afraid of. I mean, just, he's not a threat. But the Bible teaches us, even in this prayer of Jesus, that Satan, the devil, the evil one, they're all the same. He's very real. And you and I are no match for him. Without God's help, without God's protection, he's going to eat you up and spit the bones out. We need God's protection. We need to rely on his protection. We need to ask him for his protection. I think this is one of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer that the average believer doesn't pray. I mean, with a heartfelt prayer, God, protect me today. I need your protection. There are dangers out there. There is a big, bad, real devil out there who's intent on destroying me, and I need your protection today. Now, how do we rely on God's protection? We need to stay unified with your church, with our church. Jesus says in verse 11, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And so Jesus here is praying for the Father to protect believers of all ages, disciples of all ages, through the power of his name. And as I said before, if you're a believer here this morning, then you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are a disciple of Jesus, and he is praying for you. Now notice why Jesus prays that believers would be protected. He prays they'll be protected so that they may be one, so that they may be unified, so that they may be one body, unified with other believers. And where does that happen? That happens, it happens with other believers in a church family. That's where believers are one. That's where believers are united. And so within a church body, within a church family, you are under the protection of God in a way that you are not when you're out on your own. Now this was this was illustrated in the Old Testament. The people of Israel, when they were within the camp of Israel, they were protected. And really one of the worst fears would be if you did something really bad, you might be basically separated from the camp, out on your own, unprotected, susceptible to the attack of any enemy. And so there's protection when you're in the church family. There's protection through your corporate relationship with other believers, staying unified within a church family. Secondly, keeping separate from the ways of the world. Jesus says, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Here again, Jesus is saying, believers are in the world, but they are not of the world. You and I, as believers, we live in the world. We operate in this world that's filled with uh, unbelievers, that's filled with ungodliness, but we're not of the world. We keep ourselves separate in our behavior and our actions from the ways of the world around us. And so it should be very easy to spot a believer, should it not? The Bible says we should stand out as stars on a black night. The black night is 
the world. The ways of the world is darkness. And we should stand out as a light stands out in a dark night. We should speak. We should act very differently from the rest of the people in the world. And when we do, what happens? The world hates us. Jesus said they hated him. And if we're followers of him, if we're following his example, he's going to, they're going to hate us as well. And if they hate you, we need protection. So Jesus here prays for believers to be protected from the evil one who animates, who's behind the world system, who's behind people who do not believe in God. Our society and culture today are becoming more and more worldly. They're not living by the standards that are based on the word of God. But God has promised to protect us as believers as we keep our lives uninfluenced by the world. And so Jesus here in these verses gives us two sides of how to be protected, two sides of the coin to be protected and live under God's protection. The first is to be one with other believers in a church family. And the secondly, to keep ourselves separate from the influence of worldly ways. Now those two are are similar. If you do one, you're going to be doing the other. If you keep yourself separate from the worldly ways, the only way you're going to do that is in the context of a church family. Now, what does it mean for believers to be one in a church family? Well, yes, it means, it does mean coming together on Sunday mornings to worship, to hear God's word, uh, to pray together, to do those kind of things. That's an important part. God's word tells us to do that. But it means more than that. It means that your life is lived out during the rest of the week in the context of the church family as well. You have relationships with other believers. You pray together with them. You discuss God's word with them. You talk about the issues you're dealing with in life with them. And that's one of the reasons that we promote, we encourage you to be part of a life group. I can't get to know you on Sunday mornings on a deep level nor can really anybody else. We talk to each other and we say some things, but it's in smaller groups that we have the ability to, to talk, to listen, and to get to know one another and support one another and live out God's word together. And so that's an important part of being one with other believers. It's an important part of being under the protection of God in your life. So being part of a church family keeps us separate from the world's ways, protects us from temptation and the evil one. Finally, Jesus teaches us to set ourselves apart to worship God. Verse 16, he says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Now again, Jesus iterates that believers, followers of Jesus, are not of the world. And then he prays that they be sanctified by the truth. What does it mean to be sanctified? To be sanctified means to be set apart for a purpose. To be sanctified is to be set apart for a purpose. To be made holy for a purpose. The purpose of serving God. The truth is that every believer has been created with a, with a purpose in God's mind. When he designed you, you know, God designed you. He designed you to look the way you look. He designed you with the mental abilities that you have. He designed you with the color eyes that you have, the color hair that you have, how tall you're going to be, 
He designed you to be born in a certain place. He designed you to be born in a certain time. He planned out how many days you were going to live. He put you around certain people. Why did he do all that? Because he has a purpose for your life. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has something, or not just one thing, but many things for you to accomplish for him. That's why you're here. To be sanctified is to be set apart to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. And when you're following that plan, you're under God's protection. When you're following God's plan, nothing can stop you from fulfilling that plan. You're in the safest place you could possibly be. You can be in the middle of a war zone. If you're following God's plan and purpose for your life, you're safe until that plan and purpose is fulfilled. So how can we discover and follow God's plan for our lives? We need to let the truth of God's word change us. The whole of verse 17, Jesus prays, he says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And so again, Jesus comes back to the word of God as he prays. God's word is the truth that helps to set your life on the right path. God's word is the truth that helps you discover his plan and purpose for your life and to fulfill that plan and purpose. God's word will help to change you into a person who wants to please God with everything you do. A big part of God's plan for your life is to tell others in the world about Jesus. Jesus says in verse 18, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, and they, that they too may be truly sanctified. And so Jesus was sent into this world for one and only one purpose. And what was that purpose? To seek and save the lost. To save sinners like, like me and you. He was sanctified. He was set apart for that purpose. And here Jesus says that he's sending his disciples of all ages just as he was into the world with the same mission, to tell others about the truth of God, to tell others about Jesus so they can be saved. And when you're telling others about Jesus Christ, you're protected by God's power because that's part of his plan and purpose for your life. And when you're telling somebody about Jesus, you're not apt to be falling into sin and temptation, are you? That's kind of two very, very different things. So what's the best way to stop yielding to temptation? The best way to not yield to temptation is not just say, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. The best way is to yield yourself to God, 100% to God. If you're yielded 100% to God, you're not going to yield to temptation. A big part of serving God is telling others about the truth of God's word. To do that, you've got to know God's word and have the courage to tell somebody else. Even though, when you begin to speak for Jesus, what's going to happen? The world is going to hate you. You're going to make some enemies. Jesus said, Woe to you if everybody speaks well of you. 
If you're a believer following Jesus, everyone isn't going to speak well of you. Some people are going to hate you because you're following Him. It's a responsibility of every believer to tell others about Him. It's one, uh, it's a mark of a believer. And so Jesus sent us, sends us out into the world, which is a dangerous place. That's where the evil one reigns. He sends us into the world to complete the mission that he began, to tell everybody how to be saved and have a relationship with God. And so this morning we've talked about ways to be delivered from the evil one that Jesus prayed for us 2,000 years ago. And we need to align ourselves with his prayer because that prayer is God's will for our lives. And so this morning, I'd like you to think about the biggest temptation you're dealing with in your life. Now, I know from God's word that every person here deals with temptation. So if you come up and tell me, oh, I'm never tempted to do anything wrong, I kind of will roll my eyes. I know it's not true. Every person is tempted in one way or another. Now, you not, might not be tempted in exactly the same way as the person sitting next to you, but you are tempted. So think about the biggest temptation you're dealing with. Maybe it's something you've been resisting for a long time, but the pressure is getting strong. Or maybe it's something that you've given into repeatedly and you know you have to stop. It might have become a, a bad habit. It might even be an addiction. You know it's wrong. But you give into it. You're having trouble stopping sinning. And God wants to set you free this morning. He wants to set you free from that temptation. You begin by simply praying and repenting of the sin. Admitting that you've done wrong. Maybe you've done it dozens of times or hundreds of times. But you admit that it's wrong. And you ask for God's help to not do it again. You make a choice. Say, God, with your help, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then replace that sin with something positive that God is speaking to you about this morning. I've said a lot of things this morning. And God wants you to move in some of those areas. I believe there's an area that every person here could grow in their relationship with God. Where is God telling you that he wants you to grow? Take new steps to build your personal relationship with God. Each one of us could take new steps to build that relationship stronger. Rely on God's protection by uniting yourself to a greater degree with your church family. Get involved in a new way. Be sure to not separate yourself from the family of God. It's a protection for you. And finally, make it a priority in your life to tell others about Jesus. Ask God, how, who can I talk to? Who can I tell about Jesus? Who can I invite to church? Be involved in actively promoting the kingdom of God. It's a protection against temptation. And as you follow Jesus' instructions, you will be delivered. You'll be protected from evil. He's going to keep you safe. As you follow his plan and purpose for your life. The world is under the power of the evil one. People who are not yet believers are not safe. If they were to 
die, they would spend eternity in hell. To receive God's protection, you need to ask him for forgiveness. You need to admit that you've sinned. You need to believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, that your sins might be forgiven. And then commit yourself to following him as your Lord and Savior, obeying his word. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you're not sure you're a believer this morning, then I'd encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Uh, perhaps you've drifted away, you've succumbed to temptation, and this morning you want to recommit your life to Christ. I'd encourage you to pray as well. Pray something like this. Father, this morning I admit that I've sinned. I've done things that I know were wrong. I admit that I've been living for myself and not living for you. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to obeying your word. I commit myself to following you and your plan and purpose for my life. For those of us who are believers, let's pray as well that God would help us. Father, today... I thank you for teaching us how to be protected from temptation, how to be delivered from the evil one. Today I repent of any sin in my life. I ask for your forgiveness. I turn away from that sin and I choose to walk in another direction. I choose not to yield to temptation, but to yield myself to you. Help me to make it a priority to build my relationship with you on a daily basis, God. As I read your word, as I read the Bible, speak to me and help me to put that into practice. I might not understand everything I read, but the parts, help me to understand the parts you want me to understand, the parts that I need to know. May I grow in my church family, God. May I get to know people here. May we become stronger together and so stand apart from the world's behaviors and customs. Give me the courage, God, to tell others about you. Give me opportunities to share your truth with those around me. And, and God, if somebody hates me for it, then that's okay because they hated you too. Help me not to shrink back from standing up for you. Help me not to shrink back from letting my light shine in a dark world. And we pray, God, as we let our light shine, that those, that others would be attracted to you and come to know you. Thank you, God, for protecting us so that we can carry out your plan and purpose for our lives in your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.